Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Geekish Cast Live. I'm your host, Jeremy, and joining me tonight in the executive producer slash co-host seat is Paul Vieira. What's happening, Paul? Not much, man. What's up, guys? Same old stuff. And also joining us again, the host of Joe on Joe, Joe Slutsky. What's happening, Joe? Hey, everybody. How are you this week? I'm doing pretty well. How about you, Joe? Good, 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 good. Good day for, uh, you know, good day for democracy. Yeah, it's a, it's a great day to be an American. <laughs> oh boy! Wait, I'm not. I'm not allowed to laugh. Sorry. Right. Oh, that's right. There's the what do they call that? The Hyde Act or something? You actually can't say Hayes Act. You actually can't say anything. Um, I'll tell you the hardest part is you know because of my corner gas blog or podcast, where I have a lot of Canadian listeners to my other podcast. I always hope they haven't heard about the shit going on here, but uh, I'm always wrong. I'm always wrong. Yeah. They follow it closely. Yeah. it's a, I found out that they follow our politics closer than they find their own. But um, enough of that for now. Paul, uh, we don't have a lot of news this week. Now, you look, linked me in on a, a new Beetle, a, a Blue Beetle Booster Gold Rumor. But I don't remember the details. You remember anything about that? Oh, just a writer who's like, oh man, what did I send that to you? Did I text it to you or message it to you? Yeah, see, that's why I couldn't find it. I don't remember how you sent it. Oh, I think I sent it to you on Facebook. I just shared it. Okay. To the Geekish Cast. So much trouble, yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously just a rumor. It's just a writer who's like, Hey, I will write the shit out of this if you let me. Oh, who's who? Who said it? Uh, I can't remember. Unless <laughs> I, I heard, um, I thought Greg Berlanti was attached to it. Now that was last last December. He was uh, just to a Booster Gold movie, not to a Booster Beetle movie. Yeah. Which I mean, he can do a TV show pretty well, so I have to imagine he can muddle his way through a movie, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, as long as he doesn't go like the ultra drama Arrowverse version of it. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't have as much time to fill when you do a movie, except these days because yeah, he's five that's and a half true. hours long. But you know, the key, the, the, the I, I don't where do so we're, let's talk blue 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 beetle and booster gold. Sure. I don't know where I love those characters. 
like going back to their original, you know, solo series, even before they teamed him up. And I think obviously when they teamed him up is when their personalities kind of click. But I think the key with yeah. both of them is, is, is dignity. Like they both have this internal sense of you, you, you can't, you can make them the butt of the joke, but they have to keep their dignity. So that's all I, I want to see in a, in a big picture version of them. Yeah. The writer is going to have to handle it delicately um, mm-hmm. because there is a certain amount of, Okay, so just where I come in, I'm I'm definitely a Justice League Justice League International guy. Yeah, so, yeah, that was really my introduction to those characters, and I love the more comedic take, even up to the point where I can't believe it's not the Justice League and formerly known as the Justice League came out about what ten twelve years ago. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and I mean to see you know Beetle was wearing a darker, edgier costume, even though he was eighty pounds overweight and stuff like that it was hilarious. <laughs> But you know they wait. Are... Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Finish your thought. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was going to say, but even like in the middle of the, you know, what we'll just refer to as the wahaha, there were things like um, Captain Adam is dying, and Beetle is on the phone with Barbara Gordon, and he's trying to like be as serious as possible, and because it's him, nobody will let him. But he's he's totally serious in the moment you know right I'm right i'm not about to panic i am totally panicked yeah so yeah like he's a, yeah he's he's the he's as capable maybe not as capable as batman but you know he's he he he's as smart as batman he's just takes the piss out of himself because he has self-esteem issues you know right yeah and that stems from being an over guys so what i was going to say is so now there, there's so much um with the, for example, the Valiant character Faith, you know, there's a lot of focus on getting like uh, positive body image and, and people of whatever more realistic body types portrayed in comics and stuff. Blue Beetle was the first one to do it. Yeah, I were I distinctly remember reading that issue, going, "Hey, I got a little bit of a pudge, you know, like I can okay, this guy's got a weight problem. I can I can relate to that. Like it was yeah. great. It was really great." That's awesome. You know, it's funny. Uh, yesterday I came home from work early uh, because I had a, like a really bad sore throat and uh, headache and you can't drive long distances with a terrible headache. So I came home and I watched Friday the 13th part two and three, like I do on sick days. <laughs> I always feel better when teenagers get murdered. But um, in part three, Shelly, the, the guy that actually Jason gets his hockey mask from, right? They're like cracking fat jokes about him the whole time. And he is maybe... 215 pounds at tops. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm just like, God, that's how fat we've gotten as a society. (laughs) 30 pounds lighter than me, and I'm making fat jokes at him. It was just a a stunning thing to see, you know? I grew up a a Chicago Bears fan, and they always talked about William the Refrigerator Perry being, and he was a big dude, but you compare him to what he is now, and he's just not, you know? Like, it's, it's a different perspective. So I'm all for Blue Beetle. I'm all for Booster Gold. Uh, I yeah. love that they made. I love that they made Booster a champion of time uh, instead of just the fish out of water fame seeker. I thought that was a great change to it. And yeah, I thought that was a, that was really inspired, especially some of the stuff they did. But I did miss the more slapstick Booster. I, 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 if I could have a mix of those two things, I'd be totally set. Yeah, if they do a big budget version and don't include some form of the Kui Kui Island scheme, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> so upset. Oh, I just wonder now. It's um, 
consider this for a moment. Can you do the two of them as a pair without the rest of the Justice League, like in a whole story? Oh, or yeah, that, totally. Yes. Or do you have totally. to have the rest of them in there somehow, though? Listen, I, I hate – Oh yeah, I I hate to be that guy, uh, like that guy in um at the conventions and stands up at every panel and goes, uh, I am a uh, aspiring comic book writer myself and I've written blah 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 blah. You know you know the guy right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I'll throw I do I do uh, we're out in L.A. I do I do write screenplays and I've written a Blue Beetle and Booster Gold treatment and I love it and it's got nothing to do with Justice League but it puts them in that world and it's totally doable. Think think Midnight Run meets Lethal Weapon with those two. Oh, see, and Lethal Weapon was already where I was kind of thinking of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It. yeah. It's totally it's totally doable, and it could be fantastic. But consider for a moment, if you would, actually seeing Batfleck punch out Guy Gardner, and how fun that would be. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. So who would who would we have play Guy Gardner? <sighs> who would be a good Guy Gardner? Who would be a good? Oh man. Yeah. Well, who would um, be a good booster beetle? Well, you know, I know who would be. I know, I know the perfect guy, Gardner. Um, okay, who do you got? Um, uh, you know, keep talking, Blue Beetle. Let me. I forget his name. Okay, I shoot blanking on it right well, now. Let me, let me, let me throw my Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I can totally see that. Um, and I was thinking nope. Beetle and Booster. And that came to mind. Nope. Put him, put him. No, here's your answer. You put him in, okay. put him in ginger. You're gonna obviously you're gonna need to put ginger hair on him. Colin okay. Farrell, Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell. A little too Irishy, maybe. Well, I mean, you have to drop. You'd have to drop the Irish. Although, yeah. I mean, I mean, Guy Gardner was Irish. Well, he was Irish American, like everybody. Irish American, sure, yeah, but yeah. you know, he could do. I'm sure he could do that. Colin, well, Colin Farrell. Farrell can do an, well. He can do a great American accent. That's not a problem. He's got yeah. that kind yeah, of forward swagger that you would need too. Dude, he would be an amazing guy, Gardner. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'm going to give you that. Now, who I'd like to see is Booster and Beetle, uh, and and either one is either one. I'd probably be okay. Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk. Dude, I was just exactly thinking those exact two names. Mm-hmm. Like, nice shit, you not. If you were making this movie ten years ago. Um, I, you know, a little CGI like they did with Captain Kirk's butt in that last movie that he was in where they brought it in so it didn't block the whole screen. Yeah, you could do it. Nah. Bo- Booster Gold is the, um, uh, the, the handsome Canadian. What's his name? He's not played a superhero yet. Handsome uh, I was just in, he was just in La La, just in La La Land. What's his name? Oh, um, oh, dang it. Now I'm going to forget his name. Um. Emma Stone, uh, Emma Stone, and Ryan Ryan Gosling. Ryan, Gosling. Yes. there's your there's your booster gold right there. Okay, I can see that. Wow. Yeah, Ryan Gosling is booster gold. And then I mean, Ted Cord. Oh, he's great. Yeah, Gosling's now oh, Baby Goose is amazing. Oh. Okay. And then and then Ted Cord. Hmm, I'm gonna get stumped on that one. Who could do Ted Cord? Guys gonna seem all pensive. Like that kid from too. that the kid the kid who played Reed Richards and from uh, the drum movie. Hmm. Yeah, oh, I don't know um, about that. Yeah, he's too young. Uh, Miles Teller. <laughs> too young. Yeah. 
Too young? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to have to think on this one. I'm going to have to think about that one. Give it a little more thought. I okay. do know who I wanted to play uh, uh, Han Solo and Lando Calrissian in the uh, Han Solo movie. Who's that? Uh, Zach Braff and uh, Don Faison. Oh. And it would be a romantic <laughs> comedy. It would be a romantic <laughs> comedy called called when, when Solo Met Lando. That's funny. Yeah. I would watch the show. Right? Yeah. Or subtitled Space Scrubs. There you go. Well, no, no, we don't want to like we don't want to admit what we're doing. So. Uh, oh, okay, because uh, yeah. no, no, no one would notice that. <laughs> you just gotta play off like I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, the younger people to stay away from that. Okay, we've probably talked about that enough for now. I figure out who I want to play a uh, beetle. Um, well, as long, I mean, as long as we're on the topic, and I don't know if we've mentioned this on previous episodes, but they they are putting out an om- omnibus of the uh, of the Bwahaha Legion. So if you're listening and you've never read that. It's the best, uh, whatever, $100 you're ever going to spend. It's fantastic. Okay, so that's why I'm having trouble oh, yeah. buying back issues and collected editions right now is because they're getting ready to do a big a big yes. shot at it. Okay. Yeah, there's an omnibus coming out in, like, July. <laughs> that one, much like Mike Grill's Green Arrow, is a collection I put back together about every 10 years or so. Um, why, do you keep, you know, why do you keep losing it? Oh, shit yeah. happens. You loan them to people and, you know, whatever. I've, I, honestly, you know? I honest to God don't I don't loan my comics to anyone. Well, that's that's probably a lesson I should learn, but I also don't update my passwords to my Wi-Fi often enough. So it's, <laughs> it's, you know, just one of them things, really. Yeah. Oh gosh. All right, Paul. So, what are your uh, what's your pick comic book pick for the week? It is. What did I pick? Oh, Flintstones number twelve by DC Comics. Um, I don't know if you guys have been reading Flintstones, but uh, this is the final issue of of Mark Russell's and Steve Pugh's run on the Flintstones. Uh, it sounds like it would be something completely ridiculous, but um, I think every once in a while there's like a title or a book that is like special. And I think this is something that like is very special. You know, it's... Um, it's not your typical book, but I just thought it was it was very well done. Um, it was very much a product of the time right now, and um, it it gave me the feels the entire time through it. Um, it's not your typical like let's just you know bash the current administration and kind of like looked at things from both sides. So I think if you're an extremist on extremist on either side, you might get a little irritated by it. But if you're just like a normal person in the middle who questions things, um, I think it's very insightful and it's just a really interesting way of using a uh, a childhood cartoon, something that we're very nostalgic about, to uh, to reflect and look on things that are going on now. And uh, ultimately, I think that it just you know begs the question: Is civilization um, good for humanity like us being civilized and us having all this stuff is was that really the best thing for us as a species i guess you could say and i just thought it was excellent i'm sad to see it go but um i can't wait for they make like a good collected edition of that because i'm definitely going to get it uh, highly recommended if you guys haven't read it yet i have not read it yet but i'm kind of waiting for the collected edition at this point um joe have you checked that one out i've read every issue and i've loved every single issue and i'm so sad that it's going on probably hiatus hopefully hopefully it'll come back it's so brilliant 
I told so many people at the store to read it. Everything, everything, Paul, you just said is absolutely true. It's a, it's, it's a freaking brilliant book. Absolutely. Fantastic. And Paul, how about your pick for next week? Next week. Uh, what, which one did I pick? Can't remember. Gosh, let's see. But I leave that open. <laughs> I don't have the script instead of me. <laughs> this is what happens when you go live, people. This is it. This is the we'll magic do it. radio. We'll, right we'll do it live. Do it live. Was, this is what happens when you drink a bunch of tequila before you start recording. How much is a bunch? I'm about half bottle through right now. <laughs> it was a rough day at work. Well, there's a lot of stuff. Oh, oh, I know it was. Jimmy's Bastards. Garth in it. There you go. Yes. So I, I saw that, you know, Jimmy's Bastards, number one, coming out. My, my man, Garth Ennis. Um, um, I really like Garth Ennis. Like, some, obviously, sometimes I think, like, I think he does some things that are just, like, you know, just to shock the audience. But um, it seems like a really cool story. It's basically like a... a James Bond type uh, person. And from what I got from the synopsis of it, it seems like James Boss, James Bond is kind of this womanizer type character. And so is this guy, Jimmy, uh, he has lots of exploits and um, interactions with females in his long career. And I think that Jimmy's bastards is uh, the result of those interactions come back to haunt him in a way. So uh, it should be interesting. I think he does some good stories. And it's, it's been a while since I've read like a super solid, good Garth Ennis thing. And I'm looking forward to that aftershock. So check it out. So it's like a, a James Bond story mm-hmm. without directly referencing James Bond, but all the hints are there Wait a, you need them. Wait a minute. Yeah. Is that, that's really the plot? That's I love Garth Ennis. That's really the story here? Yeah. Because Mark, like, Mark and Mark and Draco told this story two years ago in a book called uh, uh, The Illegitimate. Yeah, it's been it's op- Jimmy's it's been Bastards. Options. It's, it's yeah, the same they, thing. they've already done the story before. I'm really disappointed. Yeah. I'm very disappointed in Garth. Yeah. It I mean, I don't, book- I don't know if that's just the synopsis. It seems like he has some children that pop up from yeah, that was, all these books as a spot. I mean, obviously, you could have the same ideas and you could tell them in different ways, but it seems weird to me that that Garth, and I, I truly am a big Garth Ennis fan, it seems weird yeah. that he wouldn't take this idea and kind of shelve it for a little while because Andreco's book came out maybe two years ago. It's not that old, and it's and it's yeah. been optioned for a movie and this, that, and the other. Andreco wrote it with uh, Taron Killam from uh, SNL. And it's Hmm. totally this story it's it's his, a bunch of his his bastard kids and they're actually the bastards of all the bond girls from the various movies um yeah. his bastard kids come together and they have to you know they form their own like super spy team whatever so on and so forth it sounds like pretty much the same thing yeah i don't know if they're going to form a team but uh he finds yeah. out about them it's not it's not a, in a positive way so it seems like so yeah Okay. Well, I gotta go. I gotta. I gotta go on notice. I gotta. I gotta go on notice and, and call bullshit on this. <laughs> I, I know, and yeah, I, I say that. Be, and I say that because they're both they're both high enough profile creators. Uh-huh. You know, it's not like Andreco's Andreco is is you know like a, a 
B-level guy, you know, slinging, you know, independent comics out there. I want to say it was published by IDW and, um, you know, Mark's, Mark's a really well-established writer. Ah, I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring up this. I didn't even know. No, I, 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 you know what? You sent the notes over earlier, and I skimmed them, but I guess I didn't actually read the synopsis all the way through. So, uh, yeah, I'm calling BS on it. <laughs> well, let's give them the benefit of the doubt for the moment and uh, let it play out for a couple episodes, uh, issues, and we'll see what happens with it. Yeah. Paul, well, that's what you're looking forward to. Yeah. I mean, I just saw Garth Ennis, and I was like, hey, yeah. I want to see the new Sometimes a synopsis can make something sound like something it's not. You know, it's guy in costume fights crime can be anything from Deadpool to Batman to you know. Totally, Batman. totally true. And I and I I want to be absolutely clear that I I know that, that you can have the exact same idea and it can, the execution can be a completely 180 from each other. I, yeah. I totally understand that. So I'm I'm not. I don't mean to cry. Um, you know, I don't mean to cry copying. It just, I feel like some, at some editorial point, they would have said, this is a great story. Maybe we need to shelve this for a couple more years. Cause this isn't, it's not that the illegitimate is not that old of a book. Yeah. Or maybe Garth and this is just going to turn into the next Frank Miller. You know, who knows? Oh, I hope I God, I hope not. <laughs> Cause you have Frank oh, Miller hat. Oh my God. I, Cause I, I truly love Garth Ennis' stuff. I mean, I'm a massive fan. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I even I, I even have I was I've been going through my collection. I even have dicks and bigger dicks. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> pretty bold statement. <laughs> that is a bold statement. Yeah, that's a weird that's collection. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Ugh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so moving on to the next thing here. So, you guys see any good movies lately? Uh, yeah. Well, I saw Wonder Woman again. Oh, you saw Wonder. Yeah. You saw Wonder. We haven't talked about. Have we talked yet about you seeing Wonder Woman? No, we have not. No, that's why I want to talk about. Yeah, and Paul hadn't seen it the last time we talked about it either. So you were the yeah. the one and only who had seen it at that point. Well, I'll sit back and listen to your you boys because it's a, it's a delight. Okay. So well, let yeah. Me, you, let me get. I want to do a straight spoiler review. Now we can actually talk yeah. about it instead of just saying how yeah, much. That's, that's the it. thing. So yeah. if you haven't seen it yet, uh, we are going to get into the details. Um, and if you haven't seen it yet, it's kind of your fault. You're a terrible human <laughs> being. Yeah, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not the mummy. You should see it the opening weekend. Yeah. That, that yeah. movie could have already made $200 million in its opening weekend, and we could have had the largest opening movie by far double the number we got for a woman-directed film with a female superhero lead. Shame on you for not having seen it yet. That's what I'm trying to say. Right? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Now, that being said, the only one complaint that I had right at the start of the movie is couldn't they have found a more attractive girl to play Wonder Woman? I know. I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be sexist, but Ralph. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, she's right. uh, just stunning. I mean, and, and yeah. I mean that in the most like non creepy way possible. Like, like she's just yeah. a stunning, she's a stunning person. Like it, yep. there are certain people on this planet that just look right. She looks right. Yep. So um, let's just talk about the, so it opens like any movie should in this case. I want to talk about the Amazons real quick because unlike what they've done with uh, the Asgardians in the Marvel universe, the Amazons are actually created by Greek gods. 
flat out. Yes. And the, wait, yeah, and wait, the gods you, are, right. Well, there's no there's no hint of them being aliens or anything, right? Or did I miss something? No, not aliens. No, but were they created by gods or were they just bestowed? Like, uh, they did say that God created the Amazon. I, I, I the only reason I question that is because when they get hit by bullets, I was surprised that the bullets hurt them. Right, but they well, were created yeah. back when you know warfare was with swords. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. yeah, and and they had the purple ray and all the healing stuff. So if they'd get hit with a sword, they could heal themselves pretty yeah. well. Yeah, I love um, the way they told mm-hmm. the story, like when she went to, you know, explained to the young Diana the story of the Amazons and, you know, the the way they kind of did that stop motion like storybook. That sequence was—I thought that was a really cool way of, yeah. Instead of making it like a flashback, so that was yeah, really, I cool, that uh, really cool, interesting way to do it. Did make it seem more like a story rather than a moment by moment history as well. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that yeah, was really cool. You got the sense that it was more fable than anything else. Um, yes. Also, uh, we we saw this. I can't remember who wrote it, and I wish I could credit her, but my wife pointed it out to me later. And it was a woman had put on Twitter. It said, "All my childhood princesses grew up to be generals." And it yep. was a picture of Leia yep. and uh, the prince from uh, uh, Princess Bride. Princess Buttercup. Yeah, Buttercup shown as and then and as Antiope, and then Princess Leia as General Leia. So yeah. actually, two pretty cool uh, a cool reference there. Did anybody else think that? Um, Queen Hippolyta looked familiar, but couldn't place her. No, I, uh, I, I, I played Cersei Connie, Connie Nielsen. Yeah, Connie Nielsen yeah. from he was the um, the love interest in Gladiator. And yeah, I mean, Connie I, Nielsen's done a ton of stuff. Well, yeah, but I for some reason I was looking at her and I'm like, she I like I was thinking she was a bigger named actress, but then yeah, you're right, she's kind of just pervasive. She's in everything. Yeah, yeah she's I, yeah. I, it must have been her role in Gladiator. They're like, oh, yeah, she looks good in that period costume. Let's keep her there. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought the Amazons were handled really well. Oh, they were great. Yeah. They were wonderful. Oh, yeah. um, yep. I had one little bitch, though. And since we're talking spoilers, I'm going to go ahead and tip my hand on it right now, okay? Are we going to sure. talk about the bitches, bitches of this? And then we'll talk more uh, about what we like. <laughs> well, no, no, because no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go as we go through the movie and talk about that. Oh, okay. Okay. Can I see the God Killer? And then the woman that played her mother did such a great job it tipped their hand completely. Because the conflict that hit her face, I'm like, oh, Diana's the God Killer. <laughs> did anybody else pick up on that, or was I was I um, digging into a problem too early? You know, I so I saw it twice, and the second time, that is how I read it. But the first time, I actually just read it as she knows that Diana. She knows something about Diana. But not necessarily yeah. that Diana's the god killer itself, but that Diana's yeah. destined to kill the gods. But I still felt like the sword was the weapon. It's just that she knows yeah. Diana's not going to stay on the island forever. Yeah, me too. Okay. Yeah, that's what I read. I, I Thinking that Diana was literally meant to be the weapon, I didn't, that didn't cross my mind. Yeah, that was, that was or, the thought I had in that scene right there. I thought it tipped her hand, but it could just be me. Um, yeah, I didn't really think anything of it at that point. Yep. And so my wife and I, we were talking on our way in, and my wife kind of asked me about Wonder Woman's like comic book origin. And I was like, well, oh. I said, you know, because now you got to start jumping through the hoops. 
Well, for a while there, she'd been made out of clay. And if I remember correctly, in the New 52, she was created by, uh, she was actually the child of Zeus. Right. So I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, Brian Azarell's are on. Yeah. So as her mother tells her the story, she was created out of clay and then brought to life by Zeus. So I was like, okay, so here we go there. Um, Before uh, Captain Kirk crashes to uh, Paradise Island, anything else you want to point out about the early part of the movie there? I loved it. I love that they cast real um, athletes, like real female, like world-class gymnasts and Mm -hmm. stuff to, to be those roles. I thought that was amazing. Um, yeah, I, I'm all for it. I, I hear that they show up again in uh, the Justice League movie, so that'd be uh, that'd be tremendous. Yes, that yeah, would be. Um, so then here, here's a fun one for you. You know, so Chris Pine, and for a minute in my head, I start thinking Captain America. I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> somebody else. Yeah, this is a different captain. Um, was he? I don't know that you could have cast a better actor for her to play off of with his sense of humor. And I think, I think he was charming on screen. What do you guys think of him in this role as Steve Trevor? I, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. I loved him. And I think, I think they had to get, they had to cast a guy who was, um, I, while I certainly think he's leading, you know, quote, leading man material, he's, he's shorter, you know, and he's smaller in frame. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that was a big deal. Uh, if they let's, for example, let's say they cast The Rock as Steve Trevor, that wouldn't have worked because you needed her to, to physically be imp- imposing. You know? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so I think I think it was a great choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. He brought he brought the com like the lighthearted comedy to the movie without making Diana like Diana's never you know Wonder Woman's never been like a funny per se you know, character, but he brought that, the comedy in, in, into the film that previous, you know, DC films have been lacking. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and it didn't feel ham-fisted either. Cause like they yes. tried jokes in both Suicide Squad and Batman versus Superman that fell flat. Yeah. But it, it didn't in this one. He, he's good at it. You know, there was a yeah. couple cheesy but I mean, lightly, light cheese, not mm. uh, no eye rolling cheese. Yeah. Well, there was a, there was an underlying. He had an underlying sadness. He had an underlying sadness to him the whole thing, which I thought was yeah. great. Like he hints at it when um, right before. I think it's the scene right before they uh, they leave that village when they have the night of, and the guys playing the piano and those two share a moment yeah. upstairs where he talks about like you know, um, making up for the past mistakes or, or something along those lines. Like he's, he's seen some stuff and he's done some stuff. And I think, I think that carries through. So even when he's trying to be glib, he knows, you know, what's the point of being glib? 25 million people are dying, you know? Yeah. Yes. And even when they're, uh, they're dancing and she asks like, what do people normally do? Right. Explain them like, you know, they even have breakfast and read the paper. And she asked him like, well, what else? And he's like, well, I don't really know. Like he's yeah. never really had a normal life. So that's yeah, that's it. the scene. That's the scene I was thinking of. Yeah, that's totally it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so how about setting it in World War One rather than World War Two? What are your guys' thoughts on that? I think they needed to do it to to distance it from Captain America, and and then I think then it's also smart because you get to use that no man's land, which was a real thing. Um, mm-hmm. We we also. 
World War One. I, I mean, World War Two was horrific too, but World War One, by all accounts, was brutal. You know, yeah. so you get that going. It's still not a hundred percent a technological age. So, like, look at the plane mm-hmm. that he flew away in. You know, so it's still it's still feasible that you know that they that they could chance upon a mystery island. You know, with a magical force field on it. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the World War One was especially relevant today, and I don't want to get political about it, but there's a sense of nationalism and jingoism that especially existed now that feels very similar to things happening in the modern world 100 years later. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, I hadn't thought I, of it I, right. I, you, yeah. you have to remove Wonder Woman from Captain America a little bit more because they do have very similar red, white, and blue trappings and uh, time and place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, with Steve, the guy, the, the guy named Steve flying a plane at the, you know, I mean, there's a lot of parallels yeah. to be made and she carries a shield for half the movie. So, I mean, the, yeah. the, the more they could do to get away from that, I think is, this was a very smart move. I wish. Yeah. I was totally okay with somebody, world war one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I was okay with it. I was just kind of wondering how other people are viewing it, or do you know, for a lot, for people younger than me who probably don't even remember that the TV show in the first two seasons took place during World War II, it may not even be a thought, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that may not even for me, you know, because the first two seasons of the Leonard Carter's TV show, that's where it was. I always kind of hope right. for a Hogan's Heroes Wonder Woman crossover. <laughs> Yeah, and that no man's land. I mean, that whole middle part of that movie was, I mean, it blew my freaking mind. <laughs> yeah. So, apparently, they weren't going to do that scene originally. The heck were I, they going to do instead? <laughs> I, I have no idea, but that was like the perfect. I mean, I'm going to use this strange term: a coming out story moment for Wonder Woman crossing that. Oh. Yeah. yeah, totally. There, I mean, that scene. She that, walked out of that trench. Oh. Yeah, that was that was her scene. That was her catching the helicopter and then going on to save the city montage from the Donner Superman. I mean, that scene was so necessary. It was so needed. Yep, absolutely. And, since and I just love how it was like no man's land. Mm-hmm. You know, no man can catch. You know, it was just like it all fit without being ham-fisted, like you said, like. Like I got goosebumps when I saw her get out of that that trench, and like I got oh, lots of it, feelings that I didn't get from any of the previous movies in a long it, time. It might have been the most emotionally stirring movie I have seen, and this is why I'm glad Joe brought up uh, Donner Superman. I don't remember being that into a superhero movie since I was a little kid watching Superman in the theater the first time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's still my favorite superhero movie hands down i think it's that's movie's yep. per- perfection and just sets sets the tone for what superhero movies should be absolutely everyone if they're going to make a superhero movie they need to watch that movie first mm-hmm. and bottle that tone if they can and make that tone just like the daughter superman that's yep. what a super, every superhero movie should be the word was the word was verisimilitude that's what donner kept saying on set like we need to make this real. We need to make this real. We need to make this real. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
And um, for me, I hadn't felt this good about a superhero movie since Donner, for, since his Superman movie. I was I was just blown away by this thing. Yeah, I was pretty blown away when I first saw The Dark Knight. Um, the only reason I'm stepping over The Dark Knight is because it is so much more a crime movie than a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. True. And the thing I loved about The Dark Knight was it reminded it was like a big budget. Law and Order starring Batman. I actually took it out of superhero and put it into something else. Yeah, I actually was having this conversation with a friend of mine because he was like, you know, Wonder Woman's probably his favorite, at least DC movie since Dark Knight. And I was like, you know what? I'm probably going to have to bump Wonder Woman one, one notch above Dark Knight simply due to the fact that I love the Dark Knight because of Heath Ledger's Joker. Like you, you remove the Joker from that movie, and it, I would not have enjoyed it as much. Like so, when yeah, but but it, but he's in it though. He's in it though. So he isn't. He is. You know what I mean? But, I mean, it's like it's like saying if you remove Otis from the Man of Steel, I wouldn't enjoy it as much. You know, because that's Otis is a big reason I love Man of, or the Man of Steel, Superman, the movie. You know, so it's like, but he's not. It doesn't overshadow Superman. Oh, maybe, maybe not in your fan fiction. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah you guys, I don't know if you guys though. play play the Batman Arkham games, but you know, Otisburg is a section of Gotham City. In uh, oh yeah, Batman yep, <laughs> yeah. Well, he overshadows Batman, but he's only on screen. Someone did the, someone counted how many minutes he's on screen, and it's it's a paltry, paltry number. Yeah, but that's all I remember is how great Heath Ledger was. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's I, I'm just a, I'm in awe of how well Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman what like she right. she was the star in this movie. Oh, totally. And she should be. She's wonder you know because it's a Wonder Woman movie. And Batman, you know, I I wasn't a fan. This is one of like that version of Batman, Christian Bell's Batman is not my favorite rendition of a Batman in either comics or movies. Like I didn't really like him that much. It was a great movie. So that's kind of bumped because the Batman character I wasn't a fan of this movie. I'm bumping it above dark Knight just a little bit, but I love dark Knight. I mean, that's a pretty almost flawless movie. Well, let me ask you guys. And I have this. problems does, with Wonder Woman too, but I did like this. Does, well, does Wonder Woman crack your guys' top three superhero movies? Um, no, no, yeah. okay. no, no. And also, I I have to, I have a rule. I have a like a, I think it's a, for me it's like a ten year rule. So I'm coming up on that with with being able to say Dark Knight is one of my favorite movies of all time. I have trouble seeing something so brand new, and I could love it. But I have trouble like throwing it in pantheons because it needs time to breathe. You need to see it a little bit, absorb it a little bit. Um, it's great, but it's definitely not in my top three. Yeah, it's not my top three either. But yeah. that does um, not that detracts because we've had some. There have been some great movies: Dark Knight, Superman. I think Winter Soldier. I think Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, you throw the first Iron Man somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, or Spider Man Two in there. Yeah, because uh, I, I you know for I for probably... different for different reasons you throw uh, mm-hmm. the first Tim Burton Batman in there just because how important how important that movie was. Like that movie mm-hmm. was that movie as a film is definitely sees you see the 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 the, the flaws of the time, but that movie 
changed everything. Changed everything. Yeah, Tim Burton's Batman has got to be in the conversation every time. Yeah. Yeah. See, I would put Batman '66 ahead of that in any list I put together. Oh, I love that too. Yeah. Okay. Just uh, some days you can't get rid of a bomb. No, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what a crack! Yeah, but as good as Wonder Woman Joe. was. Oh, definitely top ten. I absolutely okay. think top ten. Yeah, yeah, easily. Oh, yeah, yeah easily, easily. Yeah. Top ten, yes. Totally. Yeah, because I've I mean, been telling I everybody I know with their daughter, you need to take your kids to see this now. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. My my wife, I took my wife and my son, my five-year-old. My wife did really, really like it. She did have some problems with it, though. Like She did not like, but let me, let me preface this with, my wife is not a comic book fan. <laughs> okay, so... So she did not like the whole kind of love story between Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman. Like, she wished it wasn't there. Like, she's like, can't she just be a badass without having a man involved, <laughs> you know? And I had to oh. explain to her, I was, like, I was like, I understand where you're coming from because, it, it, you know, I definitely understand. But I was like, this is very much part of Wonder Woman's origin. Like, this is from the comics. And she's like, okay, I get it then. Yeah, yeah, but also, but, but also, every movie there's a romantic subplot. Yes, yeah. Every every single, I mean, even in the Batman movies, you know, like come on. Yes. Speaking of that, but, speaking of that, should we touch on what happened this week in the Batman comics? Oh, you yes, know what? Yeah, we are down to just a few minutes, so yeah, um, let's go ahead and do that because that is kind of a big deal. Uh, who wants oh, to break the news? I guess Joe, you brought it up. Let's let's kick it. Sure. Yeah, um, Batman proposed to Catwoman. Meow. What the coming. fuck? <laughs> <laughs> now, what I heard is that so you've got this proposal at the end of this one, and uh, the next issue is that Joker Riddler War storyline, whatever they're calling it, War of Jokes and Riddles yeah. or something. But yeah. that takes yeah. that that actually takes place in the past. It's a flashback story. So we're going to have to wait like four months oh. or five months oh. to get an answer to what happens at the end of the proposal. Oh, oh God, it's like who shot JR? <laughs> I know. It's great. That's great, though. Like, yeah. That's what comics do. Like, they're supposed to be angry and leave you hanging. And all, you know, I yeah. love it. I love it. I was not yeah. expecting this at all. No. Not, not at, at all. all. I, don't, I don't think she'll say yes. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Everyone's like, well, he just proposed. We don't yeah. know what she's going to say. I don't see them actually marrying them off. I, you know, I think, no, I think, man. I think, I think Catwoman will, will sabotage it. Batman's getting a little too domestic for my taste. <laughs> well, I like him when he's running think... around with 12 year olds. I liked it better before Tim Drake came in when he was really doing his, his fast and loose, I don't need anybody else. Alfred, why don't you get an apartment somewhere else uh, phase? Oh, you, you liked it when he was dangerously unhinged because he got a 15-year-old boy murdered by a crowbar? Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> have you ever had a 15-year-old kid? Because I have. Uh, Some days so you Joe, look at him and you think, I wish the Joker would show up with a crowbar right now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Joe, do you think this is a d- direct correlation to the button storyline? When he meets his father. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I think right. I think I think they're using what his dad said of you know you should be happy. Like I want you to be happy. I think that's absolutely it. And frankly, I I think 
I mean, just this is the kind of overreaction that you would see regular normal people do, you know, like when they have a yeah. life, life changing moment, they look at their life and go, Oh my God, I got to marry this person or, Oh my God, I got to quit this job or, Oh my God, I got to do yep. this. And I think that's going to come back and bite Bruce in the butt, which is, which makes for great storytelling. Oh, it's, it's a very real thing. Like it's about as real as it gets. Like he mm-hmm. had this, this giant epiphany, like, Oh my God, like maybe my, my dad is right. Like, I've been doing it for them, and now I'm getting it straight from the horse's mouth saying, do not do this for us. Yeah. Like, that's got to fuck with Batman's whole mindset. Right. And, and, me, the living. and maybe maybe they will go through with it because, you know, uh, the, um, the Watchmen crossover. So, mm-hmm. and you know, that's going to involve some kind of reality shifting. So maybe he does get married. And we get a couple months of bat bliss, and then it gets wiped away in whatever that Watchmen crossover, you know, Doomsday Clock or whatever that is. Or we so get maybe the original, or we get yeah. the original Earth Two back, and we get uh, Helena Wayne Huntress. Back as well. yeah. yeah, there you go. What if this whole time we've been watching Earth Two? Oh Jesus, too much. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I guess they kind of need to find, I mean, that's, that's probably overreaching on our part, but they kind of need to find like stable ground to go, nope, this is reality. Here's where we're going from. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they, I yeah. think they know that. I think they know that. Yeah. yeah. Cause you know, talk to anybody right now, what they do is they go, Oh, Marvel just goes event to event to event and DC just reboots the universe every five years. Right. Which I saw something where Marvel announced the uh, secret empire. like issue number six is now because they had to add even more pages to it. It's it's the crossover that no one wanted that will not end. Uh, I know. It's just so, ugh. All the tie-ins are killing me. It's like, ugh. I'm reading Nick, this. I'm just like, why do they do this? Nick Spencer was on the Twitter muscle a while, a couple, a while back saying something like, I had a big 20-issue arc planned, and that's this whole thing culminating to it. And my only response to that was Watchmen was only 12 issues. Yeah. There's no story that much. needs, there's no story that needs 20 issues to tell. No. Stop it. And he was All obviously right. talking, he, he was obviously talking about the regular Captain America, you know, issues, but like, the, yeah. it, no, no, don't, don't. Well, there's yeah. a thing too. It's, you know, well, Joe, you've written some screenplays and I've got a son who has written a 5,000 year long spanning uh, uh, space opera. And he tells us about every, minute detail of what everybody has for breakfast in it. Um, <laughs> brevity is storytelling. Yeah. Stuffing yes. as much detail into the smallest space is what becomes necessary. Uh-huh. You know, like I keep telling yeah, my son, I, mean, I, I tell him all the time, like, Micah, explaining technology is not storytelling. Telling us how they got to the stars isn't telling the story. You tell me about why these two characters hate each other but are in love with the same girl. Now we've got a story. On a spaceship. Yeah. Yes. Right. In mm-hmm. space. In space. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and that's what it, Secret Empire is doing. They're just getting way too deep in the – I mean, I've been, have you been reading it, Joe? Like pretty much – Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm reading – it's fine. I don't I don't love it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm yeah, definitely not – I'm not offended by it, but it's just uh, – whatever. Yeah, it's just briefing. I feel like it's just briefing after like – it's just briefings and conversations. It's like, yes, okay, yeah. I get it. Like can we move on now? 
Mm-hmm. Let me find out it's what the heck's like going on. It's a side comic book called Just Exposition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't need another side comic book for the Secret Empire. They have tons of other side comic books. Yeah. Because you know one of my problems with like a lot of TV shows, especially 10, 15 years ago, when they were still trying to draw out seven episodes worth of story over 23 episodes, I started dropping the names like Exposition on people. Like, say Smallville, first three seasons. I'm like, oh, look, Exposition Pete is here to tell us what's going on. Right, right. Yeah, and, you know, there's clever ways to do that. There's, you know, things you need in that. Um, I think uh, in, in the Wonder Woman, we were just talking about how much we loved it. Etta Candy played that role. You know, when, yeah. when she when she joined the movie, she brought readers up to speed as to what was going on. And then later on, when the guys, the the military guys, uh, the, the the whole crew, they were on the mission. They reminded us of exactly what their mission was, you know, mm-hmm. like there's and then that's then that's fine. You know, the the whole story just. I, yeah. Yeah, you have to have exposition. Here's the thing. I thought it was actually kind of a pretty brave thing to do a. Uh, Oh look, Steve Rogers has been secretly a Hydra agent for X period of whatever time and mm-hmm. whatever. But that was a year ago, and in the meantime, uh, things have happened where, say, somebody with a lot of white power, pro-fascism supporters has been elected to an office in, well, to say whatever country, you know. Um, well, now suddenly taking a all-American hero who was created by two Jewish creators and turning him into a fucking Nazi doesn't play real well. Well, well, but but I don't care. I don't care about that part though. Yeah, that's not the part. I don't. I don't. I don't. I want to read that story. I just want to read that story though. Let's get to it. You know, well, quit dragging it out. They drug it out over t- over a year's worth of two. Yeah. Double shipping Captain America titles, and yeah. now this ten issue thing, and it's like, just get to the story. And they still I don't care. The pages in there. What I mean though, I, is proper editing, they could have cut this thing down, already been done with the story, and moved on before politics changed all around us. Well, yeah. true, true, but yeah, I don't blame them for not being able to predict the political. No, I get it, but sometimes you got to do yeah. things with a, By the, a reasonable the, time span. Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyone who's offended by the the, the 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 Jewishness of his creators and such, I you, you don't you've not read enough comic books. Like no, that's it's not, not a. Yeah. It's not it, yeah. people being offended by the Jewishness. It's Jewish people being offended that a creator created by uh, character created by Jews has been turned Nazi in an environment that is every every single every single every single comic book creator every single comic book character was created by Jews. There's a fantastic book called From Krakow to Krypton. The comic book industry is built by wonderful Jewish storytellers. And pornographers. Yeah, and there have been dastardly, dastardly characters that have done horrible things, and those characters were created by... The, those characters were doing things that their, that their creators did not believe in because mm-hmm. they're characters in a story. It's not wish fulfillment. It's, it's not. It's just not. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, yeah, I, I'm really, this, 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 this is a hot button topic for me. Those characters, yeah. are, they're obviously going to go back to what they were. Yes. You know, and they're, and, and I'll, I'll defend Marvel in this. It's not like they're treating it lightly, you know? No, not at all. He's, and he's not running around saying all these, uh, like racial slurs, like we see actual white supremacists today. If you're up, 
my, and I don't mean this to you, Jeremy, but if, if you're out there and you're upset about the, the, the turn that kept the heel turn that Captain America took, close the book and turn on the TV because we've got way worse things happening in the real world. Way worse things. Yeah, and I was just trying to deal with the, the length of time. You stretch a story out for more than a year, you don't know what's going to change around you. I, doing I do agree with that. I do agree yeah. with that, yeah. I do agree. I miss, um, I remember I saw Harlan Ellison. I wish I could remember the speech that he gave, but he was pissed that every every book sold was sold as part of a trilogy. And I know oh, I, yeah. go to, I go to conventions now, and every self-published author who is there, and they may, you know, they may have some real gems there, but every, at the back of every book I read is the first in a new trilogy. And I'm like, well, fuck all. I'm not getting started on <laughs> three books. You may, you might suck, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, my well, that's, what that's the feeling everyone's having about the mummy this weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I hear things aren't going well there. Well, you know, let me hit this real quick, just because we're kind of on the topic of things running a bit too long. I felt the third act of Wonder Woman ran a bit too long. Um, the third act but, was my least favorite. Yeah. Um, I don't mind the things that were happening in there, but it seemed like it took a, a long time to get to it. And I am getting tired of sitting through two and a half, three hour movies. You know, I got I got other shit I, to do a lot of days. I didn't feel like I don't think at any point I felt like the movie was running long. I just felt like the the that last quarter or third that I was almost back in the Snyderverse. Like the uh, like the tone changed, the, like visually everything changed. It was just felt like it was like a video game boss battle towards the end there a little bit. It did come off. It did come off as like a video a video game boss battle too, but I was gonna let let everybody yeah. have that one because that's what people want to see. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't like offended by how you know, but I was just like, uh, you know, my favorite part was the middle, and then the end. I was you know that whole Aries thing. It was my least favorite of the of the whole film in general, but. Uh, it, it wasn't enough to make me dislike the movie. I was just yeah. like, I felt like, you know, the, all the colors got muted again, and I was just like, oh, what ha- what happened here? Like, where's where's the daylight and the brightness of the rest of the film? Uh, you know, it, it, I just felt like the tone changed a little bit towards the end. Yeah. Um, I liked her naivete, but I also liked that it did have to come to an end a little bit, but then she was still proven right a little bit at the end. Right. You know, real yeah. quick, I, I really enjoyed one of my more favorite scenes was uh, was Steve Trevor talking to Dr. Poison by the fire. I thought that was great because we it gave us a lot of insight into Dr. Poison, how when Steve's eyes are just distracted by the stunning beauty yeah. that is Wonder Woman. And you you see more about how her her hatred and her, you know, like where she's coming from without having her to explain my whole life I've been or this long I've been treated like this. You just see it all in that moment, and you're like, okay, I get her. I get it. That get was it. actually really well done, really well written, and really well performed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yes, she was, right. she was they, good. Yeah. Uh, they, did it, they did it. They did it economically, and they did it without having to draw an arrow right at it, and they did it so well yep. that if you weren't paying attention, we would all not never talked about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you did you see the um the uh, connective tissue that people are are drawing after the after the movie? Even though, like if there was really were very few uh, Easter eggs in it, but 
people yeah. are pointing out that Dr. Poison, that, that stuff that she was having the German guy inhale, that could either yep. be a, it could be a predecessor venom. to the Miraclo, Miraclo drug yeah. from World War II, which then became Venom, which venom. makes Bane. Yep. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, pretty great. I don't know if that's true or not, but I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, Joff, was this early enough that Joff Johns was involved in some of the actual behind the scenes and uh, dot to dot making on this? I think so. Yeah, I think, I think he was. Yeah, I think like he had a lot of his own now. Oh, and here's a question I got for you guys. How many main characters are there in uh, Justice League? There's Batman, Superman, Cyborg, The Flash, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, right? Yeah. And well, you, you said Superman, but we haven't we haven't seen Superman in any of the promos. What? Well, they yeah, sent out a picture. They sent out a picture of his feet in uh, one of the reshoots. What? Yeah, but he's not a part of the Justice League. What does that mean? What? I don't know, but yeah. I'm getting somewhere else. Do you remember all the early uh, advertising we saw for it? Kept saying "Unite the Seven. Yeah. Uh, well, they so, dropped Green. They dropped Green Lantern. Oh, they, he was going to be there, but they got rid of him. Yeah, it was supposed to be Green Lantern, and then yeah. they decided to just cut him because it's oh, okay. it's super effects heavy, and they didn't they didn't have enough there wasn't enough story time because he would you, he would have he had still as the baggage from the movie, so they would have had to yeah. explain that either he was the same yeah. guy or wasn't the same guy, and it was too yeah. much. It could be, but you know they could go in a direction. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm I'm listening. Yeah. That is what this movie needs. See, what the Justice League universe needs is its own Jar Jar Binks. Oh, shit. That would solve everything. Um, One thing I want to talk about real quick before we close up, though, did either one of you guys take any time to go back and search Twitter or Google for everybody who told us about they'd seen clips of Wonder Woman and it was going to be horrible and it was going to suck and we were all going to hate it? I remember those. I didn't uh, go back. I didn't go back and research them. Yeah. I, I did just yeah, make I myself feel a little crazy over the weekend. Um, yeah. So, you know, let's not shit on Justice League until it's out, I guess, is where I'm headed with the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, this was, I, you know, like I, I put this in my top five, maybe even my top whole. Joe, where did you end up on, on DC because of Wonder Woman or in spite of Wonder Woman? Uh, I think Patty Jenkins saved the DC universe. I think even if uh, Justice League completely tanks, I think we're uh, everyone's going to have enough love for Wonder Woman to say, yeah, but Wonder Woman's still there. And so then with the next the next wave of movies could take, you know, could be still uh, saved by how good Wonder Woman was. So, yeah. So, I mean, I hope it's I hope Justice League is good, but I, even if it's not, I think. I think Wonder Woman was so good that it just sa- it saved him. If Wonder Woman tanked, they'd have been in trouble. Oh, yeah. it was so crucial that this film be be a, at least decent, and it I think it exceeded everyone's expectation. And uh, hopefully, it breathed new life, and hopefully, some lessons are learned moving forward with any of the new movies. Like, all right, we've had movies in the past that. Um, People argued about the quality of those movies at the very least. No one, I don't think there's no overwhelming opinion that those movies were good. And then you have this one where everyone's like amazing critics 
you know, film viewers, fans, everybody loved it. Now, hopefully, like, the direction and the shift in mindset has been like, okay, now we have something to balance out and make decisions based off. Like, these movies, nah, people weren't really big fans of. But Wonder Woman, everybody overwhelmingly loved. Now, let's kind of shift towards maybe Patty Jenkins, you know, direction as opposed to Zack Snyder, even though I think he's done some good things. But let's go, let's go down this route because I think everybody likes color, hope, optimism. They don't like mm-hmm. these bleak, gloomy. You know, these are superheroes. They're here to inspire, yeah. not to depress. <laughs> and they sure as hell don't need every color to be a shade of blue or brown. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Leave the Instagram filter at home when you make these movies, please. Indeed. All right, guys, we're running up on time here. Joe, if people want to go check out Joe on Joe, where can they go? You can go to Twitter, uh, Joe on Joe Pod, and I'm on Instagram. And most of all, go to iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you find your uh, podcasts, and just search for Joe on Joe, and you will find me. Actually, I want to. This month of June, we are running a contest, and it is uh, it's a, kind of a Facebook contest. Go to my Facebook page, Joe on Joe Pod. You'll see there's a contest post, and just leave me a message with your favorite Joe Joe or Cobra character. And uh, it's all about sharing. So for and tell your friends because for every hundred downloads extra that I get this month, I'm adding a comic book to the pot for the contest. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah. And and my my Joe and Joe fans, I haven't announced this to them yet, but one of the prizes, if we get to a certain number that I have in my head will be a copy of, uh, I believe it's a second printing, but it is a copy of G.I. Joe number 21, The Silent Issue. Nice. Fantastic. That like yeah. So, yeah. So tell your friends, help me grow the show, and I will reward all of you. Um, I also want to point out for our uh, network that we belong to, our podcast network, Astro Panda Productions, they are running a giveaway right now at astropandaproductions.com slash giveaway. They're giving away some Funko characters, a Freddy Funko, a Weaponized Rick, and a Mr. Meeseeks. Um, so just go to that page, and then at the bottom there's a little thing you can go follow us or one of our other sister shows, and you can enter in the drawing for one of those three giveaways. So some cool Sweet. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Paul, what's your uh, Twitter address if people want to go read your pithy comments and news updates? Uh, at PaulViera79, where I tweet from. Awesome. And you can catch our show and other stuff at geekishcast.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekishcast. And I tweet from at the geekishcast. Uh, I think that's it. So for me, Jeremy, for Joe, and for Paul, good night, everybody. Good night, guys. Ciao. We're all set. Thanks, guys. See you guys later. See you later. Later, Joe. Bye, guys. All right, later, Paul. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.